What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 199 of the Off the Dome Radio podcast. We appreciate your time, your ear, because we have a great interview here today. Uh, Chad Evans, who is a jazz musician from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, so Chad and I worked on a project a couple years ago, and then when I got into TikTok, I saw his channel because like we were we had our contact on our phone, and it was like it came up recommended. So I was like, oh, that's Chad. That's who I worked with a couple years ago. And he's putting out content on there. So that's how we kind of... That's a re- fun story, though. Yeah, like, that's, that's kind of how we reignited our connection here today. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, we did this virtual. He was in St. Louis, and we were here in Indy. And yeah, it was a great interview. Yeah, he's, he specializes in the saxophone, and he has expertise in improvisation and music composition. So Chad is also... He's appeared in like duo, trio, and like full band ensembles. But he's also like... He describes like his educational career, how he learned... Uh, when he was in Belgium, how he came back to the States and performed on the streets and in New York City and gaining that real world experience. So yeah, I, I thought he had a lot to share. Uh, so he opens up like the interview talking about how he learned and like the educational path. And then he reflects on the time in Belgium. And then he explains his experience performing music for like public audiences um, and different stuff like that. And advice that he would give to young people, whether it's a musician, an artist, someone who's finding their passion and something that they, that they want to do and using that to be successful. Like that's what he did in his career uh, with, with jazz and with the saxophone. So yeah, I thought it was a great interview. Slager, what did you think? Yeah, this was a fun one. Um, I had never met him and I kind of enjoy going into interviews that way uh, just to see where it goes naturally. I just think it's one of the most natural forms um, of podcasting when we do that. So yeah, funny story how you guys got to, got connected. It was fun to get to, to learn about Chad, his background. And then he highlighted he spent some time on the streets as a street artist. Yeah, and so awesome that that is to me whether it's music, it's art. You know, when you're doing street performances, you love it to death. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have the all these acoustics. You don't have a theater. You do it because it's it's raw passion and love for your craft. Mm-hmm. And he'll like it just goes to show he will do what it takes to be the best in his craft. So then he kind of takes us through all the different types of bands he's been in. And we got on a good tangent of online branding where mm-hmm. we kind of even gave him a few fun ideas uh, of what he could do with his TikTok, his other social medias. Mm-hmm. And we were, we just started shooting it off the wall like we were just brainstorming for his his saxophone um, business. So that was a lot of fun, uh, just chopping it back and forth. And I think whether you're a musician or someone wanting to learn a craft, be better at your craft, this episode has a lot of good value uh, and perspective from someone who's been doing it his entire life. So without further ado, here we are, episode 199 with Chad Evans. Well, Chad, uh, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, we appreciate uh, you and your time. So maybe for our audience, and I guess for us as well, maybe give us a quick rundown of who you are and how we got here. So how'd you get to to where you are today? And then we'll dive in the weeds along the way here, man. All right. Well, you know, uh, I'm a musician. Uh, that's my trade. That's my profession. And my, all my life, I started back in high school, you know, um, and, uh, you know, just playing music. Uh, studying in Brussels for saxophone lessons, uh, travel with different bands. So it's always been about music with me. And, and the interesting, interesting thing about getting here where we are today, a friend of mine, I said, you know, I need a good resume. I don't know anybody, right? <laughs> so 
he told me, you know, I know this guy named Tim. So I emailed Tim. He got right back to me. And uh, the, 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 the resume is so fine that I got a partner of mine. We're, we're working on this band together, right, uh, for, for, for weddings. Mm -hmm. So um, I said, let's get our resume. So my resume was up and his was up. He said, man, I got to do mine over. <laughs> <laughs> making people look bad out here, Tim. Yeah, what making, the hell? Yeah, it's going to make them look bad out here. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. So, yeah, so that's how I got here. And then, and then it was weird. I started doing TikTok maybe about three or four months ago. And okay. I see this guy doing instructions. I said, I never seen Tim's face. I said, that name <laughs> sure looks familiar. And sure enough. So yeah, that's how we yeah. got here. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I like how TikTok, they, if, if you have like a contact in your phone, like a text message contact, mm -hmm. they'll like recommend profiles and videos for you for people who you're already contacts mm -hmm. with. So that's kind of how he popped up on my feed. Got and it. That, and I started following him and then we started messaging on TikTok and that's kind of how we reignited this. So Right. I didn't know that. I didn't know that's how that works. Yeah. So they actually, the contacts. Okay. Yeah. Because right. you're a contact in my phone you pulled up. So yeah, no, I, I really love what you're doing on there. And we'll, we'll get into that later in the conversation, but I want to go back. Like when you, you said you first got introduced to like music in high school, is there like a specific person that influence that decision or like is there someone you looked up to or like how did you first get introduced to it yeah so yeah so my dad was uh introduced actually how this works was when i was in grade school i was a little bit out of hand a little bit in, in trouble a lot so mm -hmm. my dad made me in the seventh grade he made me take up saxophone there was one instrument left he said i want you to play the saxophone and that did it that did it after i started playing the saxophone my energy uh transferred to being outside to being inside working on the saxophone that's how that happened so he was my first influence now musically i'd say oh i'd say my band directors were really good because they they uh they brought in a lot of uh professional musicians to to our band class mm -hmm. and I, I think that's what which what made me stick you know listening to other musicians out there you know uh meeting duke ellington uh oh you know, wow like you, that, you know yeah so you that would be Duke uh, ellington i got to meet yeah yeah wow, that's so, badass dude that is awesome yeah so, so, <laughs> yeah. so that that you know and that big band thing count basie all of that so our band directors are real good by doing field trips and bringing us to uh places where the band was uh playing you know so that was that was i'd say my dad and then i'd say uh you know meeting duke and, and from there it went on you know? yeah mm -hmm. And I don't know, obviously we're all out of school, but I don't know how much school systems and teachers are doing in the way of, of field trips like that, where they're really getting a substantial difference from those trips. Like for you, it was, it was, you know, one could say life altering because you got to meet some of these incredible musicians where right. that's powerful. And I don't know how much we're really still capturing that of, Hey, let's try to get in touch with so and so because if if a musician like that or any industry gets word from a school, you know, I would think they'd be a lot more willing to help out students than if someone on the street, hey man, can I just, you know, have 15 minutes of your time and and you know, right. just shoot the shit a little bit. It's like no one has time for that, but students, right. uh Tim and I have gotten access to all different types of people because we have a radio show. So mm -hmm. it's just that access game where I think that's a huge um, channel for schools to do exactly what happened here and, and find those 
big influential people that can help kids that maybe don't know where they want to be. Right, right, right. So like in our city right now, in, in, in certain, certain districts, so it's like broken up in certain areas. And you're, in, areas, you're in St. Louis, by the way, right? I'm in St. Louis, Louis, right. Yep. Uh, yep. Okay. okay, cool. I'm in St. Louis. So there's certain areas where there are, they have a lot of uh, budget where they can bring, uh, you know, people in and certain areas doesn't. So I'll give you an example. I, uh, I just recently did a, a program. It's, it's, through, it's through a company called Springboard. And so they hired me to go in and and do a program called Music Making, where the students take a subject, science or whatever, and they put uh, they do a rap to it, and I put music to it. Mm, so oh, cool. at the end of the program, I, I, I emailed it to the, to the uh, teacher of that class, and they play it throughout the uh, entire school system. So that's really that's a really good uh, energizer for the students. They actually can hear their music being played over the intercom. So, yeah. so that's really good in, in, in awesome. areas. You know, um, I used to do a thing called uh, Little Recorders, Little, how did I call that? Little Recorders, how did I call that? Little Composers and their Recorders, mm-hmm. where they would, I teach them basic recorder notes, and mm-hmm. then I learned, I, t- I showed them how to, you know, uh, what a whole note is and a half note. And after the after the class, I've had students or parents of the students say, "Well, my kid wants to now learn how to play clarinet now because of the class." Makes sense. Yeah. So it's real. It's real important to to bring that in the school district, you know, because a lot of the energy for me, I was I was not I was not a model kid. See, <laughs> so it was the saxophone that set me straight. Yeah. So so that would definitely help in certain areas for sure. That's great. I love that. And I'm sure it's like really fulfilling life coming first full circle like this to come oh. back and, and teach when, when someone taught you when you were in their shoes. So. Right. Exactly. Oh yeah. 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 Did you do a, like most of your, like when you first learned the saxophone and mastered the saxophone or did you like do most of your learning in the classroom setting? Did you have like a private instructor instructor? Mm-hmm. Did you do like self-teaching a lot or was it kind of just like everything? On the saxophone, it was uh started off with instruction. So I'm a band director at the time uh, when I was in seventh grade and eighth grade. And when I got to high school, I started taking private lessons. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I went on to college, it was um, I went to uh, Howard University and the uh, saxophone instructor there recommended me to uh, audition for a, a conservatory because I had the skills. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so I got there. And so, yeah, it's pretty much a lot of uh, instructions. Aside from that, I'd say applied saxophone, just learn how to play the horn correctly, you know? Yeah. When it comes to improvisation, the soloing, a lot of that was on my own, you know, mm-hmm. um, listening, going to workshops, uh, and, and just gathering information from other musicians as far as how to improvise and how to navigate through chord changes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now with... Um the people you've you've come to know in the music industry is that theme common where maybe they didn't have a lot of direction as as uh young kids didn't know what they were wanting to get into and found music as their outlet is that a pretty common theme you you've seen or um i, I so i'm not i'm not in the classroom setting i'm more like private okay one on one lessons so i'm kind of like i don't have my ear to to the ground on that level where we're, we're kids are doing, you know. Uh, 
my programs I do, they're six weeks, and then I don't see them anymore. Okay. So then, the, so I'm not, I'm not sure if that's how it's going. I'm pretty sure it is. I mean, because it's like, uh, it, it's it's almost like, I'm pretty sure the young musicians that are well skilled are passing that down to the to to people ten years younger than them. You know, sure. I mean, it's just the way it is. You know, I, I'd say all over the. That's just how it goes, you know. You kind of like, you kind of like pass down what you're learning, mm-hmm. and you pass it down to the other students, and they get, they can thrive from from what you from what you've gathered. Especially if you're a seasoned musician, you've been out traveling and things like that. A lot of stuff they're not taught books. You can pass mm-hmm. that on to uh, other students. So yeah, I'd say yes, it's still happening. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. That makes sense. Um, we, we we can get more into. Uh, kind of your, your teaching style and instruction methods in a little bit. I want to go back to what you said, though, about uh, Brussels. You said you, you studied in Belgium for a little bit, Brussels? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Was that – how was that experience, like going to a different country? Was that the first time you'd ever been to a different country? Before? Yeah, that was my first, yeah, my first time going to a country. So that was a that was a good experience because I was there to play the saxophone. Mm-hmm. But uh, over there, I was in the jazz. So over there, jazz is like, like pop music back in those days. Hmm. So I was I was treated like a, 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 a this big time artist over there, and I was in Numa. <laughs> so it was a great experience, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I learned a lot from the uh, from the teachers. There a teacher named Eli Apper. He was the conservatory instructor at the time. Okay. And it was more about just learning how to play the saxophone, not as far as a style of music, but just play the saxophone correctly. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I was there to do. And so yeah, it was it was a great experience. I learned a lot um about other cultures because the conservatory was was uh was split between French and Belgium. Mm-hmm. So we had French speaking and we had uh, Flemish speaking people. So and so uh so at that time, you know, they would pull on me, any American, because they wanted to be your friend and everyone was pulling on you and I didn't want to diss the French side or the Flemish side. So it was it was it was a cool experience. It was it was nice. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Belgian waffle. Ooh, I bet best no you've com- ever had. No comparison. <laughs> no, I'd gain a few pounds yeah. over there. It's like pizza in Italy. Best you know. Yeah, exactly. Good to know they still got it. That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's great. Um, you you mentioned you were over there to learn how to play the saxophone correctly. Yeah. What what do you mean by that? So. Into, you know, things like um, in techniques, like for intonation, you know, uh, armature, how to place your armature. Now, these are, I, I'd say these are techniques that are not 100% for everyone, but there's, there, there is some rule you have to know how to place, you know, there's something you have to know. And so armature, that's how you play this, play the, uh, place your, your, your mouth over the saxophone, uh, mouthpiece. Uh, how to interpret music instead of just playing notes. They taught me how to interpret music, how to how to deal with crescendos and decrescendos, mm-hmm. uh, ends of slur markings. You know, so uh, how to uh, play your lower notes, how to bring your higher notes because they tend to be sharper. They're, they're techniques to bring them down. You know, mm. so these are these are some things that uh, a lot of students they just come up playing horn. They don't really uh, pay attention to. You know. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so how to play a scale, how to practice, you know, mm-hmm. the, the finger techniques, how to place your fingers on the horn. So 
So it was uh, it was good to learn. It, it really helped me out a lot because things that I can do on my horn, where other students or other players, you know, on my level have tr trouble with, I show them because mm -hmm. what yeah. I learned back then, you know, how to actually play. No, you know, things like there's a, there's a thing like a, a a low C sharp on the saxophone, mm -hmm. and a lot of players will pick it up to go to the G sharp where you can just leave it down. Mm -hmm. and, and when I'm teaching. Some of my students, they don't know that. So, mm. so it's it's really good that uh, that I went there because the art of playing saxophone is very important. You know, playing it correctly. Yeah. And would you say there's any one style or skill technique that you you took away that was the most influential in how you play and in, in your style with the sax? So there are two things. There's like playing classical music and playing jazz. So. I'd say playing classical music, like playing etudes and sonatas. I'd say uh, Reginald Jackson was influenced, influenced me because he was the one that got me over there. And how he interpreted music, how he read it, how he approached the music, you know. Uh, and on the jazz side, I'd say, I'd say a guy named Arthur Dawkins. He was a, a jazz instructor at Howard University. And then, uh, of course, listening to J uh, John Coltrane and Charlie Parker, listening to those recordings are very influential. But as far as a, a, a person that I knew, I'd say Arthur Dawkins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, it's, in, it's interesting you say about the college professor, too, because we've had, I mean, we've had multiple people on here who have been really good at what they do and they've maybe they started their own business or their own thing. And a lot of people will credit that professor that they had in college that, that stood out among the rest and kind of guided them because. For a lot of people, like that's a really big jump going to college and it's a whole new world and a lot of different things going on. You're learning new concepts, new, new lifestyles and everything. I'm sure it's nice to have someone like that who can kind of coach you along like that. And be oh, yeah. Trusted yeah. Advisor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and when you said when you said uh, techniques, I mean, there was something real important that he said to all of us in a, in a class. We were learning how to improvise over car changes. And he made us. Uh, arpeggiate the cards, you know, just play the cards on your horn or in arpeggiate form and go through the whole song like that. I don't want to hear you try to solo. I don't want to hear you play a line. Just play those cards through that. And then that, to me, that did it for me because by doing that, because at the time I didn't have any piano skills, by doing it, I could actually hear the harmonies. I could hear the, where the harmony is going. And that's what he was trying to get across to us. So I took that on uh, and it, it really helped me out with my improvisation. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. yeah. Okay. So from, so after, after Belgium, after you were there, I know you, you kind of mentioned on the, on the, at the beginning of the conversation, you, you were with bands. Like what, what did you kind of do after Belgium? What happened after that? So I came back to uh, Howard cause I was going, I was at Howard University. Yep. So I went to Belgium. When I came back, um, the, the, uh, the fire of playing stuck with me. I didn't want to go back into the, uh, classroom. So I started playing with different bands in, in, in DC, different, different situations. Uh, then I moved to New Orleans and started playing with bands there. So I became like a gypsy musician. Yeah. I played everywhere. Uh, I, I went to New York. Street musician playing on Fifty Second Avenue, uh, Columbus Square, playing outside the uh, Carnegie Hall, having a little bucket out. So I was, this, I was the, I was the street musician, uh, in New Orleans, going down there, playing in uh, uh, what do you call that place down there? Uh, 
French Quarter. French Quarter, yeah. Yep. French Quarter. So a lot of that, just a lot of that. There's a lot of scrapping. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, living uh, in apartments with two bedroom apartments with ten people in there. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of that. You know, so yeah. And then as as time went on, you know, I just I just started getting in uh, more bands that were more steady. You know, I started doing cruise ships. I did that for oh, many cool. years. You know, um, so yeah. So after after that, it was back. It was just playing. I, I became a full time musician, scrapping. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I like what you say there about the scrapping. Is there any like any advice that you've taken from that experience? Like any advice that you'd give to like future jazz players who are kind of in that similar position where I mean they're transitioning out of college, they're trying trying to find their way. Like anything that you learned that you would tell those people that are in that scrapping yeah, position? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, you know, you get you first in order to be able to handle that, you really got to love what you do. So if, if you if you don't love it, don't don't go you know don't go for it. I'd say that you have to love it. If you love it, because the situation is this. I I, I don't think no advice is wrong, but it depends on the person. So if someone says you know um, you have to have something to fall back on, so that takes it away from your uh, craft, and so now you're getting frustrated. Because now the, the, the job situation is taking you from what you want to do mm-hmm. or you have someone that'll say, uh, go for it. Just just go for it. And I'd say both of those advices are good. It just depends on the person. So mm-hmm. from me, uh, I would be talking to the people that, that are that are into take the chance, but but put in the work. Mm-hmm. Put in the work, make sure you're good at what you do. And then just just put in just just go for it, you know, because that scrapping is there. I mean, actors, you know, everybody does that. You know, they 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 go they have to go through that. You know, that's 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 that um, learning thing. You know, yeah. I have friends go to you know they go to L.A. and they want to be this actor, and you know, you, and they're living with five people in the apartment, and they're, they're doing other things. You know, uh, you know, in in this case, in this time, it's really easy to. Uh, have a job that doesn't require you to be there mm-hmm. at the same time. So that's good. You know, Uber, Lyft, you know, got a lot of things you can do that'll yeah. keep you money while you're still working on your craft as well, you know. So, yeah, yeah I, you know, my, my thing would be, yeah, you, you know, how, how to deal with that is just don't uh, don't fool yourself. Make sure you know that you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Make sure right. you know that you're good at what you, you're putting in the work and then just go for it. There are a lot of... Uh, like ships, you know, ships are always hiring looking for musicians, you know, wineries. Uh, um, mm-hmm. There's all kinds of uh, uh, ways of doing it, especially if you're willing to travel. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I like what you said, like when you were when you went to New Orleans, when you were you were playing everywhere. I'm sure you got a good idea of like how good you were because like you get that you get that quick feedback loop like you're always playing in front of people you you see you see how they react but no i'm sure i'm sure that was good for you to do that and kind yeah of- that's that's important you know so how do you how do you know that you're good you have to just measure yourself up with the other musicians put yeah. yourself out there and see what kind of reactions you're getting and then that lets you know okay yeah i got i have something here someone's going to come up to you and give you some encouraging word and then you know okay i feel good but that's how you really need to test yourself up against other musicians there's always some place in in the world, there's a jam session going on. Mm-hmm. You just go in there, 
you can sign the paper or whatever it is, how they're working it, and you just go in and sit in with those musicians, you sing or whatever. And that's a that's a good way to measure where you are. You're yeah. not trying to be the best, but you just want to be there where you can have a conversation with all the musicians in the world. That's mm-hmm. the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and when you're doing that, is it similar to the way so like comedians will test new material? Yeah. With yep. crowds and stuff, are you kind of doing that crowd work where you're testing something new that you've tried, see what you get back, test it with other musicians? Is that kind of how that it's goes? Same, as well? It's the same concept, exactly. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, because I just was watching, uh, and I didn't know this. Like, um, uh, real high, you know, Chappelle type uh, comedians, they actually go to a little dungy place to work on their. Uh, Act to see if it's working, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know they did oh, that. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's the same thing. You know, you go to a place. I've been working on this song. Let me go to the city. I know they have it every Thursday night, and I, you go there and you, you 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 tell them, you know, this is a song I like to play. In many cases, you you, you know, there might be another person there that's playing a song you don't know. You know, so you have to use your ear and figure it out. But that is a good way to uh, measure yourself. The jam session. When we yep. were coming up, it was jam sessions. How, you know, how well, how good can you play behind a singer? You know, can you play in all keys? You know, that sort of thing. So that would be, yeah. I'm glad you brought that. I just saw something about yeah. how they test their work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. And like any, like literally anything, whether it's it's music or. I mean, even like marketing, like anytime you're testing out a new idea or a new project, you got to try different things and and see like, yeah, what, yeah. Cause obviously like you do it for yourself. Like, I mean, it, cause it, it brings you a certain happiness, but you also want to bring happiness and entertainment to other people too and see what they like. Oh, yeah. like. Yeah. That's a good one too. Yeah, Tim. You know, it's like you want, you're an artist, but at the same time you have to please the people that are coming to hear you, mm-hmm. you know? So you have to find like in, in my case, Right now, um, I have I, you know I have some original compositions, mm-hmm. and sometimes I write them based off of what I like to hear. Then at the same time, I want to write I write it something I like to hear, but is this are these group of people going to like it? You know, right? So right. And a little something in there that I think you know everyone else will like. You know, so I can't always just be about me when it comes to the music. That's the one thing about music. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, what was your, you said you were on a cruise ship too, and then you were in um, more consistent bands after you were scrapping. Did you go from street artists to the cruise ship and then into bands? What was that transition like from going from scrapping to you got more regular gigs and bands and things? How did that look? Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I was doing, I was doing a lot of uh, street musician things. And then what happened? Um let me see, how did that work? How did that happen? In a while. Um, or are there any like specific bands that you or groups that you joined with? Because I'm sure you you play with a lot of bands. A lot of different bands, like, yeah. Are there any like one like influential bands that really like kickstarted oh. things for you or any memorable bands that you've been a part of? Well, okay, so yeah. So um okay, so I think I started getting some basic piano skills. Mm-hmm. And then um, this guy that was a guitar player, he said, I, don't, I can't find a piano player. And I got this cruise ship job, you know, for four months. I said, well, I can't play piano. He said, well, I, I have to use you. He said, fine. So I, I took the gig. And during that job, 
you know, you know my piano skills, you know, because you know, you're on the job training. So that was cool, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm on there learning how to play the piano. I'm getting better with it, getting better with it. And then, uh, but my main thing is saxophone. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but so I would practice on the back of the, of the app, the back of the ship, you know, my horn. So the singer named Jane Powell heard me practicing. So she said, uh, I thought you just played saxophone. I know you played uh, uh, saxophone. I thought you was keyboard. I said, no, that's my main instrument, saxophone. Well, we're looking for a saxophone player. We'd like for you to join the band. Mm-hmm. So her band, so I was playing with a trio. It was me on keyboard playing bass, and then uh, a guitar player was sang and a drummer. I didn't really like the group. So she offered me her job. I'm just playing saxophone. So that was my first real long gig in a, in a band. I think I was with her for a few years. We would do cruise ships, and then we would do college tours, back cruise ships, college tours. And that's how we did that. I did that with her for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. So that was my really, my first band that, that lasted for a long period of time. Yeah. 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 And then uh, I got tired of the cruise ships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got tired of being I out there. I could see that after a while. Yeah. I get a little seasick <laughs> after a while. Yeah, yeah. I got tired of that. So my, the next influential band was Albert King. I, I started, I, I really learned the blues when I started uh, playing in his band, Albert King. And as far as uh, big influences, bands, those would be the only two. Everything mm-hmm. else was been just, you know, local musicians playing in bands and, and, and doing gigs. You know. mm-hmm. yeah. That's great. Colin was saying how he really he really enjoys blues himself. I, I do like blues, yes. Yeah. So I grew up playing uh, piano and guitar. Oh, yeah, okay. I was real little, yeah. And then I, uh, so you I learned play? my uh, guitar more than piano. I don't have any keys at home. Um, uh-huh. it's at my folks and I haven't played for a few years, but that's one yeah. I want to get back into. But, yeah. um, yeah, that's, I really, uh, enjoyed blues, but I got my classical music side from piano. I got my classic rock from guitar and then yeah. you kind of just start to find out what you like. But yeah, I like jazz. I, I really enjoy blues though, too. Cause I, I love improv. Like I think it's yeah. like, you know, if a rapper can freestyle, they're really good. And I think uh-huh. the same of if you can improv and, and pick it up and hear it, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. Exactly. Right yeah, on. Freestyle, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who's who's your who's your blues singer? I mean, blues guitar player. Oh, there's a guy I was listening to. Oh, nuts! He was just in Indianapolis. Um, oh, my buddy sent him to me. I'll I'll have to look, but there is a guy yeah. that I've been listening to. Okay. Uh, lately, yeah, I can't think of his name right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. I like, you know, I mean, the classics, you got like B.B. King and stuff. But yeah, yeah there's right. a more more modern guy. Oh, this is going to kill me. It'll come to me. Okay, we'll okay. Follow, we'll follow up with you on that. Yeah, yeah. But he <laughs> was just at the Vogue in Indianapolis not too long ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and he he can he can tear it up. He's pretty good. But so we, yeah, I, yeah, we used to do shows when I was at Albert King. We used to do shows and uh, these blues shows. And it would be Albert King, B.B. King, Bobby Bland, and... Um, and we would all meet up, all musicians, we meet up in the back of the stage and talk to each other, you know, straight numbers, you know. I like that you were playing. Show me that, you know, on the horn, you know, things like that. That was some good time because, you know, those blues bands, the, the horn players always got together, you know, um, when it was a break time, just to kind of, you know, learn some things from each other, you know. Mm-hmm. And those were some, those were some good times because uh, those Horn players like myself, 
Although the blues are just going, dun, 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 dun. but they were all jazz musicians and just wanted to yeah. play, you know, like those <laughs> or something like that. So we'd all be back there complaining about, man, we played this song for 10 minutes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you've, cool gotten, you've gotten to hang with some real legends then. Yeah, yeah, I had a couple of legends. Yeah, not a whole lot, but yeah, with uh, BB, I mean, Albert and BB, and then uh, there was somebody else I played with. What was that? Oh, I forgot. Yeah, it was a female. Yeah. I forgot who that was. Yeah, but that's about so, it. Yeah. It is. So I, I get the impression that being a BB King or that kind of notoriety uh, in music, it's it's just hard. Like music is tough. Yeah. Um, your time spent with them or Duke Ellington, were there specific things that you saw them do differently in order for them to get to the level they were at? When you would talk to them, any different things that they they approached music differently, or were just gotten different crowds, different cities? How did they get to their level of musicianship? Um, most of them would just say, you know, hard work, practice. Uh, a lot of, of musicians, I'll never forget this guy, real known trumpet player. I don't want to say his name. I mean, really popular trumpet player, right? Mm -hmm. And so I went up to him and I said, uh, I said, uh, wow, I like the way you play. What, what techniques are you using? How do I how do I get to that level? And he said, you have to breathe and bring in the universe. I'm like, that's not going to help me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big breath, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to do it. So I went to my buddy and said, what did he say? What did he say? I said, he didn't say nothing. <laughs> so some of these guys didn't want to tell oh, you. you know, they don't want, want to tell you everything, you know, what, they, what their techniques are. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's some, you know, sometimes, you know, you you want to cross that sometimes. But yeah, uh, uh, it's like um, the thing is, you want to pass that on. You know, one's trying, you know, one's trying to, I'm not trying to take your style, but I want to know how to get there. It's, it's, it's how I, when I teach my, my students, I don't tell them what to play, but I show them how to get there to that yeah. level. Yeah. So I give them the techniques to get there. That's all I'm looking for. You know, right. That's what you want to do, right? Given the techniques, you know. Yeah, that, yeah. They can make it their own and yeah. their own style to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. No, that's a good point because I think it goes back to what you said. Like, obviously, you got to love what you do. You got to have a passion for it, but you also got to have you got you got to teach yourself the discipline to apply it and put in oh. put in more work than anybody else. Because you you can teach you can teach a man how to be the best jazz player of all time, but like if they don't execute it, like you you got to put yeah. in the work, like. People like yeah. like Kobe Bryant, the people who have been like masters at their crafts, like they were putting in more hours than anybody else were uh, while everyone was sleeping. He he was working, so I think it's it's that type of thing. So yeah, it, it is. I just saw a thing on him. They uh they were they were they were going somewhere. The, the team were going somewhere. And they uh, I think it was at the Olympics or something. Anyway, uh, they went out, and when they came back five in the morning, Kobe was going to the gym. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't stop, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's his work. They were, they were coming back from the from the bar like the, the night out, yeah. and he was like, he was starting his day. Yeah, he was starting his day. It was like five in the morning. He has shoes on, getting ready to work out. You know, so yeah. that's the thing. You know, and um, so you know what's what is really important about about that is if you have the mindset that um, especially with jazz, because a lot of times you get up and play, you think you're so good, and then and you'll you'll get you you know you'll get humiliated. Uh, by another musician, but 
if you have the right mindset, you take that as a learning mm. thing. I mean, I've been on, I've been on, a, I've been in, in a workshop where this guy named Barry Harris, he's very known, Barry Harris, and I, and, and he told me to come up and play. I played, and at the before the song started going well, he stopped the band and said, "You don't know the song, so I want you to come back next week and figure that out." Now, the mindset is that could take me out and quit forever, but the mindset you have to have for, with music is okay. I know I'm not there yet, so let me keep on and try and find out what it is I'm missing. Mm-hmm. And that was a good thing about that what that happened to me. But a lot of musicians they put in the work, and if they get if they get humiliated, you gotta you gotta have that thing about you that it doesn't take you out. Right, right, you, right. You, right. you gotta have that grit about you. Say, okay, okay, all right, I'm gonna come back next week. You yeah. Know? I think the the true the people the who separate like the people who are good at something and great at something is like just how they view failure and like how that like how how they kind of use it for their asset. I hate to bring up this example, but I I I just started playing pickleball and I've been playing with groups who are like this man loves pickleball. Who, who, I'm like I, I'm beating I'm winning I'm winning a lot I'm I'm beating a lot of people, but then I go up and play with this other group in a city north of us. And I lost every game. I, I'm used to winning all the time. I went up there and went like 0 and 9. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like re- rethinking. But I was like, I needed to play with people who were better than me. And I needed to lose to like get better so that when I go and continue to play, I'll be a better, better person. Yeah, yeah. Now, let me tell you a story about pickleball. So I, <laughs> okay, okay, man. You, I'm all ears. You man. got this man yeah. going, Chad. Yeah, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. So I, uh, I, uh, I wrote, a, I did this album called Letters to My Wife. So when my dad passed, I found a box of letters that he wrote to uh, my mother back in the 40s. And so I said, wow, this is cool. So I put music to it and I had, um, I had my sisters and, and read the, the, the letters while, I'm, while the music, music was going. So on one of the letters, he said, now this is back in 47 or something like that. He said, darling, blah, 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 something. But today we're going to play pickleball. I said, what is that? I said, I said, I don't know, what is that? So, so kept going. And then about, I'd say about three or four months ago on, I think, uh, CBS or something, they had a pickleball thing on. Yep. yep. Said, okay. I didn't, I had no idea. So now that name, and you're saying, and now the name is really starting to grind on me a little bit. Pickleball. Yeah, it's everywhere, no Chad. You yeah. can't get rid of it. It's yeah. everywhere, bro. Yeah. And if you read that, like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it dates back. I, you know, it's not new. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about 1947 or so when, it, when, when this letter was written. Yeah. Jeez. It's been around a while, but I think it's it's starting to pick up again with social media. It's becoming popular yeah. again. Mm-hmm. People are starting to make it cool, I guess, if you will. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I wanted to just go back. That's to your mindset of, you know, you kind of got humbled a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I think that's that's huge that that particular musician told you, hey, you don't know it. Come back next week. Right. He could have told you just get off stage and that was it. Right. But the fact he told you to come back, learn it, come back next week. He was wanting for you to get better. Exactly. And so I think that's a very good, as you put it, a good teaching moment. And you took exactly. it as that, which is a great, great, tough mindset of, okay, you want to become the best. That guy is helping you to improve your game. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he had to be. Yeah. And that's yeah. exactly where he was coming from. I don't want to break you down. 
by this guy's edition. No, you're not there yet, but come back next week. Yeah. So that was a good, that was encouraging. You know? Yeah. He wanted to still play with you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's cool, man. But yeah, pickleball. Yeah. Tim, Tim loves pickleball, man. If you listen to any of our other, our other shows, he's, uh, I went out here. I just killed everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just like things that allow, allow me to move. Um, that's, a, that's a good thing you said too. You got to play with people better than you. That your game gets better. And that's the same with with the music. You know, when you're trying to, uh, you know, if you're if you're playing with, I hate to say this too, but if you're playing with musicians that really aren't your level, you're not going to grow that much. You mm-hmm. know, grow that much. But if you're playing, uh, you know, with some real good players, yeah, it's it's almost like you know I do a lot of cycling, right? So. Uh, I'm always like with a group of 25, and I'm they're all faster than me, so I have to you know grind hard to stay with them, right? So when I'm riding with some of my regular friends, they're like, slow down, <laughs> you know, because I'm I'm used to pushing, I'm used to getting it, right? So mm-hmm. you're playing with the music, you know, if you're playing with uh, good musicians, they're gonna up, you know, they're gonna upgrade your level. Yeah, playing. yeah, yeah definitely. Out. Definitely. And that's fascinating. You say that I just saw a video, uh, Jordan Peterson, he was saying that, you know, if you're at the top in the classroom, if you're the smartest, you've mastered it, you're really not going to get much out of it. If you're the bottom, you don't want to be the bottom either. He goes, mm-hmm. you want to be able to talk right in the middle with people, and then you have room to keep going ah. up, up in your game, yeah. which I thought was a different way to think of that. Like, Oh, I'm, a, I'm the best. Like, he goes, no, you don't really want to be there. You want to kind of keep being in the middle. Then you elevate into a different middle, to a different middle, to where you still like have room that. to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's, that's a good mindset there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, sounds like what you're doing with your cycling, your music. So that's, you know, you're yeah. just, you keep getting your game and then your your friends are telling you to slow down. You're like, nope, we're all go, no show. Let's work. <laughs> yeah, I got I got friends saying, hey, we, we, we're going out. I said, man, I got to do a video. Hey, that's so relatable. Yeah, so relatable. That's that's my life right now, man. It's great. Um, I wanted to ask you right now. So fast forward to today, your performances. Are you mostly performing solo nowadays, or are you with groups nowadays, or is it kind of just a mix of both? It's a little bit of mix of both. So uh, I'd say maybe seventy. Right now, it's about seventy percent solo. Okay. Yeah, but you know, this is holidays now, so a lot of bands are getting called, so it's starting to pick up more on band things, you know. Mm, then that'll okay. drop in January, it's real seasonal. That'll drop a bit in January, so in January, it'll probably be more like 100, maybe 80% solo. You know? okay. okay. Yeah. But right now, a lot of bands are looking for, uh, you know, pieces to fill in their spots because they got wedding, some of the holiday season things, and a lot of that, a lot of that stuff going on right now. Gotcha. That's cool. Yeah. Is your like <clears throat> as you prepare for these shows? Is your approach different compared to like if you're preparing for a solo show versus if you're like playing with a group? And if yeah. so, like how's how does that difference look? Yeah. So with a group, let me give you an, uh, an example. With a group, um, for, for instance, I have a band that's coming in from Kansas City, and so we're doing a uh, next week this week come weekend doing a wedding, and so how I prepare for that. They send me the music, and uh, I have it on my iPad. So I just mm-hmm. go to music, prepare for that particular situation there. I'm working on the song, so make sure I can you know, play throughout the piece. And that's how I prepare for them. Now, uh, if it's uh, so that's pretty much how a lot of it works when I'm a horn player. Mm-hmm. You know, 
It's the music. So I, as long as I get the music ahead of time, sometimes I don't. So I just have to sight read at the time, which is okay too. Now, if I'm doing like a trio or something like that where I am the focus, I have to prepare. So uh, I I actually play the bass line on the keyboard and I play the, the uh, piano part on top and I'll have a drum machine and uh, I'll, have, I'll have a guitar player or something like that and I'll do the vocals. How I prepare for that is uh, whatever songs that they're asking for, I have to find the songs, learn them, the vocals, and then uh, and then get, uh, get my uh, drum machine to match the beat of the song. Mm, okay. So, and then get the patchwork on the keyboard. So that's a little bit more in, in, involved, that part there, when I have to do it that way, as, as far as the band just sending me the music. I just yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes that's sense. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. And then what's your, when you're preparing, what's your creative environment like? Like, it looks like you got a nice setup behind you. What's your ideal environment when you're working on things, you're in that creative space, you're practicing? Uh, what's... What's that like for you? It's always it's all is evolving almost every month. How I'm trying, okay. to, make it, right? I'm trying to make it efficient, right? So yeah. you want to I want to be able to sit and, and and create. But sometimes like behind here there's a fireplace. So I gotta move things around because it's getting winter. I don't want to use it. So yeah. I gotta yeah. I gotta change that around. So it's always evolving, but my creative space is pretty cool. I have the keyboard here. This is the one I teach on. Then I have a keyboard over there. I write music. You can see it. Then I have another keyboard that I use for the gigs. Two for those, just in case one, you know, doesn't work. I got one ready to go, you know. So, um, so, but yeah, I, uh, I try to practice my saxophone, just, just the saxophone part of things, technique. Then I start working on like, um, you know, improvisation techniques, how to get around solos. And I, then I work on like this weekend, I got to work on some songs for a, client that they want certain songs that for me to play on the saxophone for an event, you know? So it, it, it's, it's always, it's not a, a one type way of uh, approaching and creating mm-hmm. sure. creativity. It's always evolving. It's always something based on what's coming up, you know, in the future. So that's cool. how I prepare for it. Yeah. Cool. My, my, my video stuff now, uh, that's definitely, definitely evolving because I have these light, these lightings, and and uh, I'm just learning how to do editing and and uh, animation now. So okay. that's starting to evolve at at this point. You know, trying to get that. I'm I'm really getting into the video thing. Now, you know? Yeah, saying like for your TikToks and things. And yeah, well, when yeah, I yeah. When I start my song, so I'm starting to put my my music on YouTube. But what I want to do is I want to I want to um, put an animation with. It. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool! Some yep. kind of animation with the song, so that when someone goes there, they know that if they see that, this is a song that I'm promoting. Yeah, you know, so, so I'm trying to brand it that way. You know, yeah, yeah. No, that's good for you because I'm kind of this past year I've been kind of going through a similar process. Like I've been, I mean, I've been working directly with people on their resumes and career coaching and different stuff like that. But yeah, I'm trying to produce more content and like put uh-huh. video stuff out there and. I'm telling you, like, once you figure out a process with the video editing and the animation, once you, like, learn it and, like, get it, like, you do it from beginning to end successfully and you get, like, a process and a system down, it's it's game over after that. Like, you, you'll you you'll just pick up a lot of momentum once you kind of figure out how to do that. Do you, uh, what software have you, have you picked, like, a software that you've been using to edit 
the stuff right, you had? So I, I have Mac, so I use Keynote and iMovie. Okay. okay. Nice. Well, have you looked in at that? Keynote, What's that? Have you looked at that yet for your videos? Uh, I haven't used Kino. I'm learning more on iMovie because I've been trying to find different softwares. I think iMovie takes forever. And maybe uh-huh. it's just I got a lot going on because we'll do long form videos. Like we're 50, 60 minute plus videos. And it'll okay. take hours to to kind of scrub in and finish for me. So I was trying to look at some other ones, but I keep seeing that's kind of the top that people use for editing so i'm just learning different techniques with that but i haven't used keynote as much is that pretty easy to to make yeah, videos I, with well keynote you can use keynote for like for the animation so okay. uh you know to to kind of accent the the video that you have you know like for instance, i'm working on when i blow a note on my horn like mm-hmm. fire comes out of the bell oh, oh that's badass okay yeah I like that. I like that. That job is getting done over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can do that with Keynote. You can okay. do that with Keynote. So it's it's a it's a way of it's a it's a it's so you, you create your animation on Keynote and you can drop it into iMovie. Ah, uh, okay. And you can drop it on top of so you know you have the kind of use have, them in tandem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you and you can put the you know you have your 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 thing of your video, then you drop the iMovie, I mean the keynote on top of it. Okay. On top of that, and then you can kind of cut and splice and that sort of thing, you know. But yeah. I haven't heard anything as long as you're talking about. You're talking like 50 minutes. Yeah, you're doing long. Yeah, we do We do some long form. But it's, oh. you know, people like watching podcasts too. And and I do I do as well. Like I love watching Rogan with certain guests. And so, um, yeah, we're, we've are we been really trying to work on our video and, and editing game there just because people like to see the things. Right, not, right. Just, not just listen. Podcast is huge, but people like to right. see it too. Yeah, so yeah. We, we've been hitting TikTok a lot, but um, yeah. How how has uh, TikTok been for you? Well, I started, I guess, about three or four months now, and and uh, I uh, a friend of mine was saying because uh, I'm trying to figure out how to get this social media thing running. I mean, I'm watching people. You know, uh, you see some of the bit of some of the videos and how successful they are when they, when they're using all the platforms. So, so he said, "Why don't you?" Uh, Try TikTok. So I'm thinking TikTok, man. That's it's crazy. People do crazy things on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no, you, hear so, you hear so many things about it. It's just people dancing. That's all it is. It's a wild yeah, west yeah. out there, Chad. It's a wild yeah. west, baby. Yeah, right, right. So I said, he said, uh, so he said, just go on there and 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 say a uh, uh, lick of the day on your horn. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll try it. So I started doing that and said, oh, wow. So it's weird. On Instagram, I might get five views. The same video on TikTok gets 200 views. Yeah, exactly. Like, what's yeah. going on here, right? So yeah. how it's working for me, and, and, and what I'm trying to do with that is I'm trying to make myself as, as, as popular as I can through the social media, so that'll bring me more students. Exactly. You know, me out there, you know, because the students, my, my students now, they want to play, they don't want to play an A2. They want to play the theme song from whatever game they're playing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's so that's what we're doing right now. So, and they look at they look at YouTube. They look at things like that. You know, I said, let me. I'm listening to them. I said, let me get on this thing. So, so now I think TikTok has done something. I don't know how the algorithm works, but I had a video. I have a video on YouTube, an instructional video, improvisation, and I it, it had like 200 uh, views on there, right? Mm-hmm. But I think because of TikTok. In like five days, it got to five thousand views. Wow! Mm. 
And then now uh, it's like at six dollars. So I know I don't know how all of a sudden it's yeah. happening. It's got to be the TikTok. I don't know how that thing works. I'm not sure how right. that thing, the yeah. thing works, but I'm pretty sure it's got to be something to do with that. Yeah, you're right though. It is. It is. Um easier to get a lot more eyes on you on TikTok and then you can channel them to your YouTube or Instagram. But we we've kind of had the same where an Instagram like a reel might perform okay. That same thing on TikTok. It's like thousands yeah. of views and then they save it, then they're interacting and you they're yeah. sharing it. You see how many shares and it's yeah, I don't know exactly how it works either, but I'll roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? right, right, right. yeah I'm gonna go with it. Yeah. Just don't stop doing that, and then we'll be good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No. So now, it, go ahead. No, I'm just saying I'm just doing TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, a little bit of Facebook, but I, I haven't I, now. I haven't done Twitter. You guys do Twitter? Not a lot. Not as much. Uh, Twitter, okay. man. Twitter, I think is just like there's some evil sp- spaces on Twitter. I just we kind of stay away off that, and it's 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 loud. It's fast. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think you can put as long form things on there. Now, if you're doing a lick of the day, that mm-hmm. might do well on Twitter because that's short, that's quick. It'll stop mm-hmm. someone, you know, from scrolling. They'll be like, oh, what is this? 10, 15 second lick. So oh, that okay. might that might do well for you on Twitter. But right. when we're doing video clips that are one, two, three minutes long, uh, mm-hmm. we don't use Twitter as much. We're kind of hitting TikTok. And we had a guy on the show not too long ago, and he was very bullish. He's like, if you guys aren't using TikTok a lot, you need to get on it because it's still mm-hmm. kind of early, even though a lot of people are on it. It's not yeah. like Instagram where Instagram is flooded with everything from every corner of the world. Where right. TikTok, if you just have your niche and you do do it a little differently, it can mm-hmm. go viral. So that's okay. that's why we've been um, really bullish on TikTok lately. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. And Chad, I'm with you. Um uh, when when you said like build like building a social media presence like any brands like whether it's a personal brand entrepreneur a big corporate company small business whatever the brands that are going to do the best and differentiate themselves and be successful over the next 10 years will have an online presence on TikTok on on YouTube Shorts whatever is wherever the consumer's attention is at, if you can somehow put your content where they're looking, I think it's just going to be huge for you. And yeah, I'm with you as well. The, the algorithm, I don't understand how it works either. Exactly. I just think it's important to like study what has performed well for yourself in the past. And I think what's performed well for the leaders in your industry. Cause like when I have a video that does well, like I'll kind of just like, Hey, what I do differently in this video, what hashtags did I use? What was my hook? Like, what did I do differently? But then I also like to study like people who are in like the career development space, resume writing, interview prep. I I search their videos on TikTok and see like which are the most viral ones and see yeah. like what what things that they covered. And yeah. I'm not saying I'm like copying them, but like I am like mirroring the general topic or idea that they're Ooh. presenting and kind of mixing it into my own secret sauce. I found that's that's well because it's it's good to study your industry. You've you've done that throughout your career. It's study yeah. people who do it well so yeah i mean when you say that because i was going on other saxophone players I'm, this guy got thirty-three thousand. what are they doing so i'm looking on their page like you say i'm not trying to do exactly what they're doing but there's a technique that i'm missing and so i found out that my thumbnail mm. their thumbnails i said oh my thumbnail is not yeah present it's not there it's not popping yeah. right 
So I started changing. I went to all my older videos, started changing the thumbnails, and I started to see a rise in views. I said, well, that's, that's so. So what you're saying, I'm, it's the same thing I've been doing. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what, is, what are they doing that I'm not doing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do the same thing they're doing, but a little stuff like thumbnail, that's an important thing. So yeah. I started to change that around. So, yeah, you're right about that. Just going yeah. on other people that are in your in your thing, what you're doing, and find out the successful folks. What are they doing here? Right. Right. That's helpful too. Yeah, that's exactly. And it's it's continuous improvement. We can mm-hmm. we can all we can all no matter what stage we're in, we can all be one percent better. And it's and what I've found is like just a little bit, an incremental, small amount of extra effort, putting that in yields way way more better results with consistency over time. And just kind of adding like tools to your toolbox, whether it's becoming a better jazz player or better saxophone player or becoming like a better content creator. There's different things that we can kind of level up in. Um, right. Just with small little improvements, so small improvements and the consistency. Yeah, yeah exactly. Consistency, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's interesting, and you've probably had people say the same to you, like, "Oh man, you've been you've been doing that a long time. Like you've been consistent." We've had people. We're only four years in the show, but like, oh, you guys are almost at two hundred episodes, and we just right. think about it. It's just one more. We're just doing one right, more. Right. Yes, one more up, and then you know, it's yeah, we're not good enough to not be consistent. How did y'all feel after that hundred episode? A hundred was cool. Um, good, right? Yeah, yeah I, I tell Tim I have to get out of. Um, I don't do it a lot, but you know, I, I study like Joe Rogan, and we love yeah. how good he is at asking good questions. And he's mm-hmm. over a thousand. He's like fourteen, fifteen hundred episodes. So I have to like disregard his numbers. <laughs> okay, right. And, and realize <laughs> Tim and I are still very young in our podcast. Yeah. During, like we got a long way to go, and. We, we we love its death. Like it's it gives us a lot more than just the ability to push out content. You know, see, it, see, you said you said the key word, love it to death. Yeah, that's yeah. it. You love it, man. You love what you're doing, right? That's it's fun. Pushing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like we we have our own businesses, but this is something we started, you know, four years ago when we were in different jobs we didn't enjoy, and now we got this whole journey documented. Right. And and when we get to record, we say we get to record. You know, we don't have to do it. We just we love doing it. We get to talk to awesome people like you or a yacht broker, a sous chef in Europe. You know, we get access to all these just extraordinary people doing mm-hmm. things their own way and figuring out life their own way. And that's what's fun right. for us. That's the addiction is understanding how everyone else is working. Plus the wealth of information you guys are gathering, like you said, stop. Oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really, yeah, it's really empowering, and it, and it goes. It, the biggest lesson I've I've learned from all this, and I take it with my resume writing too, is like no human being is the exact same. Like like everyone's where they're at today because of the sum of their experiences, and those experiences are not the same. So like, how can you chant and like? You as a saxophone player, no other saxophone player has the same exact path as you. So like, how can you use that as an asset for yourself? And I take that when I work with professionals and brand yeah. them because like no one else is like you. So how do you tell the world why you're different? So Ooh, that's a good one there, Tim. That is so good, right? <laughs> First, you have to identify the fact that no one is like you. Yeah. So, so that's so you have to be confident. You That is so good that you say that. You have to actually... Know that there is no path, uh, no one's taking the same path I am. So, how can I show the people my path? You know, yeah, how can I make 
that, you know, how can I make that jump? That is so good you say that. Man, mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. something like that. You know, that, I like that one. Yeah, for say, sure. Say that again. Say that again. No, no other human being has the same exact path as you. Everyone, everyone's sum of experience. Everyone's where they're at today because of some of their experiences and that that collection of experiences is not the same. Yeah. And you can use that as an asset for like content creation. I'm sure as you make content over the next several years, like don't, don't be shy about like bringing people who helped you along the way and kind of incorporating them. And like, I mean, I'm sure something would do well. Like if you did like a five or 10 minute interview with, another saxophone player in the industry or or someone some other artist and like getting some good content out of that like that could be a teaching moment that you have with all oh, right your yeah, yeah, so sure. yeah right, different sure. stuff like okay. that man Ooh, so, that's a good one. that or if you like did a split screen you and an artist and you did a lick back and forth almost a little lick battle yeah yeah what awesome. yeah, write this down yeah give me some good advice <laughs> <laughs> For sure, man. How much time you got? We'll keep going. Here. We're full. We're full of good ideas, man. My goodness, split battle. Oh my goodness, man. That's yeah. a good one. That that's oh. that's your that's the next level for your toolbox. That's not. That's yes, yeah, yeah. That would work. Wow. And split what battle. you can spin that by, you know, reaching out to other artists because it helps them too. Yeah, it's visibility right. for both of you, providing value to them. And yeah, you're giving them value. So why would they take the time to do it? Well, they're getting exposure as well. Yeah, right. And they can right, show off right. their skills, but then you guys can talk shop. You can that can be uh you know that's a good networking. You can say, oh, I liked that. How'd you do that? They might ask you the same, and then right, you right. compare notes. You know, like you're talking, picking up different styles, make it your own. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I got to figure out how to do that. How to do a split screen with TikTok? When is there a way to do that? Yeah, there is. I have. I personally have not figured out how to do it yet, but I haven't spent time I'm learning it. I'm, I'm sure if you if you put in like thirty minutes our tops in the learning you'll be you'll be able to learn it yeah 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 so yeah yeah that's really good because i'm gonna add that too i'm adding this i'm gonna add this at some point but i don't know how yet but yeah we we will yeah we're Mm -hmm. still learning um so chad kind of yeah uh sorry go ahead no um kind of on on this on this line here so you know we've said that podcasting it gives us more than just you know spitting out a podcast like kind of mentally it helps us like we feel better even if we're having a good day like i've always told him man i just feel better after we record um we call it one of our pockets of peace picked it up from a, from a book i've read where you need you know tim loves pickleball and basketball those are his his me times oh, uh, you mentioned how music you know kind of kept you out of trouble as a kid and yeah it it it's your career pays the bills what else would you say it gives you um whether that's mentally or emotionally, what what else does music do for your life? How does it improve your day to day? Yeah, well, it um, it's definitely my center. You mm-hmm. see, so so um, I might. It depends on how I'm feeling or something. I might go to this piano and start writing, and uh, not writing, just playing <coughs> some chords based off of um, how I'm kind of feeling right now. You know, just playing around with the piano. Um, I mean, music has definitely been my my center. I mean, it's like it's like uh, my, I can express the way I want to express myself through music. Now, you see, like when I was coming up, when I was coming up, when in like, my early twenties and thirties, when we had these jam sessions, I was playing in different bands. You could actually hear. I mean, I've had people come to me and say, "I can actually hear uh, some something going on with you today," and it could have been something crazy, but you heard me play it. 
I was playing. I mm-hmm. had some anger in my, in my horn that day. Or the next day I'm playing and it's, it sounded a lot differently. So so the music has definitely been a way for me to express uh, joy and anger, you know, just mm-hmm. at the same, in the same way, you know, through music. So it's definitely helped me in that, in that perspective. And also, um, uh, outside of music, cycling is, is the mm-hmm. other thing that does it for me. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. You said it like at the beginning of the interview, how people like the people who are successful at saxophone, music, jazz, being an artist, like they, they got to love it in some way. And that ties in with what you were saying before, like why you love it, it allows you to express yourself, express mm. your emotions. So, yeah. Yeah, allows you, it, yeah. It allows you to express yourself. You know, I mean, you know, I saw a program where there's this house or something. I forget what they call it. They call it some kind of house, anger house or something. Well, people pay to go there to break the, uh, you know. Oh, those look awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I know what you're That's talking about. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They smash up the wall or something like that, right? To yeah. get it out. Yeah, so fortunately, I can do that through music, you know. I, yeah. I just, but don't break any of your equipment. No, no way. <laughs> No way. No, I, I get what you're saying though. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah that makes sense. Anything, yeah. anything that allows you to like kind of kind of immerse yourself into that space where yeah. I guess a flow, if you will. Like nothing, nothing's distracting you, like you're in your full creative space. Yeah, yeah. And you can release however you want to, you know, and, and that's it, you know. And the music has definitely been my thing. I mean, without music, I don't know. I don't know where I'd be without the music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh Chad, when you were coming up i know now you're in regular bands people are reaching out to you to do a lot of shows on your way up in music was is there any performance that really sticks out to you when you got done and you thought to yourself wow that clicked like yeah. that now i am hitting my stride that was that was some fire shit like i just yeah. threw that yeah. down any performances that stick out like that to you yeah yeah so i'm playing uh, jane powell band I'm playing in her band and uh, we were at a college. And so when I start to really feel the music, I'll close my eyes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just playing, you know, so I'm feeling the music. So so I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm doing my solo and everything. So after I'm done soloing, I look over, and the singer, she's smiling at me, and all the band's smiling. And I look down, there's a bunch of money down <laughs> by my feet. People were throwing money down there. I love that. <laughs> I'm playing. So I was like, whoa. <laughs> but that was a that was a that was a insightful moment for me. I said, wow, I guess I can That's play awesome. pretty good, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's that instant was, instant feedback right there. People loved it. Feedback. Yeah. I said, yeah. wow. I mean, just money at, at my feet. So yeah, so that was that was one. And I say, uh, oh wow, I mean, aside from that, I think there was only other time I think because everything. I mean, every time I play, I love it. I mean, I'm yeah, trying, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, but yeah. but I'm trying to find a a time other or something like that, and I, I can't I can't bring a I can't bring one in right now mm-hmm. other than that one. That's yeah. a good one though. That's a good yeah, one. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are there any Are there any like types of performances that you you like to give? Like, are there any certain like venues or audiences or like like favorite types of places to play? Or situations yeah. to play? Yeah, like um, auditorium types where 
there's no uh, liquor and food involved where they're just coming to hear you play. I like uh, okay. Okay. So, that makes sense. I, now, most of the time, it's always in a bar or something like that, which is cool. Not a problem. But if I had, for instance, when I do my concert called uh, the original sounds of Chad Evans, I'm calling it in the spring, I wanted to be at a in an auditorium setting where there's no distraction. You just hear, you just pay to come hear the music. Yes. So I like that better, you know. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Because like, like when you when you sit down and when you when you write your music or you dedicate time to your craft, like you're in a certain like headspace where you're fully focused on that. So I'm sure it's it's gratifying to play that in a live setting and the hmm. audience is in the same state. Like they're focusing on you and like yeah. just like music give music creates a feeling for you. It also creates a different type of feeling for for someone who's who's listening to in the audience because it connects okay. with people in different ways. It might take yeah. them to a specific like it might remind them of a specific event. It might trigger an emotion. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. And that brings me back to your question earlier about uh, a performance that I that stuck out. Oh yeah. This one really stuck out. So I'm playing piano at a uh I think it was at a, a retirement home. I'm playing in a scene. And so this man is in a wheelchair. And so I'm playing the song, and he's, he's he's in a wheelchair, and his arm starts to shake like that, like he's about to go into a convulsion or something. And so his daughter comes up, and he stands up, and he dances for three seconds. Wow. Ooh. And it sits down. That's what he wanted wow. to do. And I'm like, whoa, the music is that powerful. That this guy who hasn't moved in months yeah, to get up because that song made him feel good. So that that was the moment for me there. I forgot oh, that's that's yeah. incredible. That's powerful. That's a powerful thing. Yeah, that, yeah. that really helped me out. And then I started, I started uh, investigating the music because my sister's a speech therapist, so she was talking about music therapy. And I started okay. reading about that and how they've done studies on how people who have um, that they don't seem to be uh, responsive, but they put some headphones on the music. And then they start singing the actual melody. Even, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, he was on 60 Minutes. Uh, he was on 60 Minutes. Wow. Get his name. And uh, he doesn't remember his name. He doesn't remember the people he's talking to. But he went on stage and sang every song I remember. Wow. Oh, wow. Huh. Okay. His name. Little known guy. But yeah. So yes, wow. that, was a, that was a moment for me when that guy. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. cool to see. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. It's such a great story. I'm, gl I'm glad you remembered that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it came to me. When you, you, you said something that, that kicked it off, I said, oh, yeah, I, will, I won't forget that because music. So I, I just did a thing with some students, and, I, and they were trying to, I was trying to let them know that, you know, when you're improvising or when you're in a band, you have the, you almost have control of the minds of those people out there listening to you. Yeah. So you have to know that and 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 cater to them, listening to them. You, you know, you can you can set the tone through the music. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so you you make the people feel good. You, you you can watch their feet, watch what's going on, and start playing towards what you vibing from them, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the other bad sides of that music can also be a bad thing because it's also influencing uh music is so powerful it, it, it influences good and bad yep you're exactly right you know yeah yeah but yeah i was just telling them, yeah when you're soloing set the tone you know play don't just start playing because you it's time for you to play look 
see, mm-hmm. see what's going on out there and and and, and capture 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 what the audience is giving you something already. You gotta know that. And so yeah. you play towards that, you know. You want to yeah. You're totally right. Because like we used to talk about music is so powerful. Use it for positive, negative reasons. There's different uses. Like how I like I've been to Heidi's Jazz Club in Cocoa Beach, Florida, uh, Birdman Jazz Club in New York City. Like those like when I go to those places, like I'm listening to jazz in a different way, whereas versus where I'm at home, if I'm writing something, I'll listen to jazz while I'm writing. So like me, me synthesizing the music is different while I'm doing something else and kind of multitasking versus me going and like listening to it. And that's the only, only thing I'm focusing on. It's just interesting how, how right, it impacts right. us. So. And you know, what is, what uh, the other thing is like when you're, you're listening to jazz while you're writing, right? Mm-hmm. But, well, I guess for musicians, for me, I don't know if other musicians are like this, but for me, I can't listen to music when I'm working on music. So that's, I listen, that's what that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I listen to talk shows. Um, I got a I got this thing called um, uh, 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 what's called it's called Modern Marvels, and they talk about uh, you know stuff that how they build buildings and things like that. So I'll have that on all day while I'm working on music. Okay. Yeah. yeah where it's reversal with you. It's like you know when you're writing, you want but music. I can't I can't listen to music at all when I'm trying to create. Right. Music. Right. Yeah. It doesn't work. It it affects sense. it affects us like our something in our brains without us like consciously knowing it. I feel like like I don't know. It's it's interesting. I I, okay. I love it. Um, what was I gonna ask? I forgot my question. Mm. It'll come back. It'll mm. come back. Um, trying to think of anything else if I had. Oh yeah, there you go. The uh, I do want to hit a little bit on like the teaching aspect of what you do. So when did you start teaching students? Like when did you start taking on students? Yes. Um, I started about, oh, I'd say about 20, 30 years ago. I was, uh, okay. I was, um, I was offered, well, no, I'll take that back even longer because when I was at college, so I went, to, I went to Howard University and also went to Xavier University in New Orleans. That's when I started playing down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started teaching improv uh, under the instructor. Okay. So I was teaching a little bit of improv there, but then I came back to St. Louis, and I was offered this uh, uh, at this music store. They needed a saxophone instructor, so I applied and got the job. So that's when I started teaching, uh, you know, a private lesson. Mm-hmm. I had I had some experience with bands. I've done bands like uh, like a uh, um, substitute teacher at a band, thirty people in a band, that sort of thing, but not a lot of that. I don't yeah. know how I have much respect for band directors. My goodness, because they have a lot of a lot of people to deal with. But yeah. I'm just mostly one on one. Okay. So I get a lot of so so how that works is at this particular place, there would be a lot of students that are going for scholarships or going to college or they have some type of uh solo ensemble they call it here or all state program and they come get lessons so that they can, you know. You know, so they can try to get the first five, the second five that they're going for. So they come to me for that, you know, for the lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That's cool. Okay. That's cool. And yeah, I guess going off of that, obviously a lot's changed in the last 20, 30 years in terms of technology. Um, and, and then we had the pandemic too. Do you, ha, what's changed in terms of how you teach students? Like, I, I'm obviously, like you said, you do some video stuff. How have you adapted like teaching people in person 
versus teaching people like virtually? So, so nothing has changed as far as teaching in person, but yeah. So virtually I had to learn how to get that done. So mm-hmm. the problem with virtual teaching is, um, is, is that I can't really hear the pure sound of the horn. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't really hear the intonation like I should. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, they, you know, I have to stand up so I can see what their fingers are doing. Yeah. Things like that. So I'm gradually moving back into the right. uh, brick and mortar. There's a couple of places I'm going to check out. Because, yeah, because the place that I was teaching went under. You know, so mm-hmm. they, they actually, well, actually, they got bought out, you know, because uh, for some reason, construction just boomed during the pandemic. Construction is like the thing. So uh, yeah. they bought that store out, and uh, so I'm just basically, uh, you know, getting back into to that right now. So everything's virtual, but as far as my teaching techniques is the same. Yep. Uh, I just have to adjust to the virtual thing and how right. to approach it that way. You know. Okay. Good. Yeah, cool. because it's the sound. You don't really get that sound correct. Yeah. You know. Comes through differently, right. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely definitely no comparison hearing something in person versus hearing it like through a computer screen. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's convenient. I'm here. I don't. I can go get, get some soup and come back for the next student. I don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, 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 it's okay. But I, I prefer to go back. Yeah. To you know, in person. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Cool. Tim, anything? I don't think I have anything else. Um, yeah, but I guess before we get to our very last question that we ask everybody, every guest, do you have any, I mean, you've kind of explained like what your workflow and like what your performance, you said this with the holiday season, you'll be playing with more bands. Do you have any like future plans, like with your, like with your business over the next couple of years, like anything that you really want to make sure you're accomplishing over the next couple of years, any future yeah, plans my, my, goals? My main, yeah, my main concern is uh, performing my works. So I want to get to the point where I'm performing my works maybe once every other month, you know, mm-hmm. um, maybe six times a year, just the music that I created. Um, and, and, so, and, that, and that's pretty much it right there. Um, everything else is based off me hustling and getting gigs and, Things like yeah. that, but what I want is to be able to perform uh, my works, my music. Yeah, get out there. Um, I write a lot of songs. I, I mean, I write it. So my goal right now is I'm writing three songs a week. Okay, and put it on social media, distro kid, things like that, just to get um, some circulation happening. Yes, start putting it on YouTube, and then uh, I also have my website. So if I uh, so so my, my my biggest focus is I do a concert. They like the music. Go to my website, purchase it. Not iTunes. Go to my website, purchase it. You know, and, and that's that's my main goal. Now, I, my music is out there for people to purchase. You know, and if someone like on YouTube that's in Italy, they like it, and they want to go. But it, but on my concerts, if I can get them to go directly to my uh, website, purchase it, that's a lot better for me. You know. Mm-hmm. So so, uh, so yeah, that's 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 the main goal. And just to stay uh, stay relevant, just to keep the music, keep the music going, keep keep the bills paid, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then and do my thing like I want to. Yeah. Yeah. So that, cool. That's where that's I'm at great. right now. Yeah. I'm excited for you because like, I you're on like the perfect track because you're you're building an online audience, you're putting free content out there that is is capturing attention, and then when it comes time to put those those works 
as you put more works online to to sell, you're gonna already gonna have an audience to to drive drive it to that. So I I think you're you're definitely on the right track, and I'm excited to see where things go for you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I heard. So what you're saying is where that's where I got the idea from it. Uh, this person was saying, don't worry about just write the song, just put free stuff out there, just keep putting it out there. Yep. Because, you know, I mean, you, you're not going to make any money any other. You know, unless you're working, work, you're working, worried or uh, waiting on the Capitol Records or somebody to come give you a contract. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So just keep putting free content out there, putting it out there, putting it out there, and then eventually, you know, you develop that uh, following. So yeah, yeah, what yeah. is exactly what got me going into that direction. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Good stuff. I love it. And Chad, can we buy uh one of those t-shirts off your website too? <laughs> you know, that's that's merchant merchandise. That's what I got to get into that. So I do I, I want a Chad Evans shirt, man. I would buy I would buy one if it, if there's one yeah. for sale. I'm serious. Yeah, no, I don't have these on for sale. <laughs> oh man. I gotta do that. But I, I try to keep my brand going when I'm on online. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Uh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Do you, uh, are you going to be only like pretty much performing the St. Louis area or do you, do you ever travel to the Midwest or St. Louis is Midwest, but like, do you ever travel to like Indianapolis or anywhere around here? Or do you primarily stay in, stay in St. Louis? Oh, no, no. So no, things are about to change. So yeah, once I get certain things I'm trying to work on, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to start trying. In fact, I'm making calls in Memphis now that I was in Memphis visiting my, uh, visiting my sister and then sister so i'm making calls like uh starting next week or so to memphis uh, uh venues you know so yeah i must i want to start traveling in the end places like that four or five hours away you know yeah Good, cool. um, the only thing i have to do with that so what's, what's what's holding me back on that right now is 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 is, is the vehicle i i'm mm-hmm. getting worked on getting my vehicle to the point where i'll, I'll be confident to to drive yeah i'll get back you know i mean yep. I have my sense. car. Yeah, I have my car, but my truck, I want to be able to do that. So that's the only thing. I, I actually turned down the job, I think, it was in Kansas City, because I'm not so confident with this vehicle yet. But once I get that together, yeah, then I'll be doing a lot of that. A lot All of right, that. Man. All right. Because that's good. where it's at. Traveling, that's where it's at. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's money. good. To, it's I'm very grateful that we're at a point now where um the, the pandemic there's a lot of bad things that happened with it and we we learned a lot but i'm glad we're kind of we're at the point in time where we're kind of moving on and, and things are opened up again and people can travel again so, oh me too me too oh yeah, yeah for drag. sure okay. <laughs> Good. well bottom line we're colin and i are going to make it to one of your shows whether it's in st louis whether it's in memphis or whether yeah, it's man. here we, we'd love to see you live want to come support you for yeah. sure right on appreciate that appreciate that i'll let you know what's going on yeah and okay. If, if you make another shirt too, put two aside. Yeah. We'll we'll buy a couple shirts, man. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. rep it on the podcast, bro. <laughs> right on, man. Yeah. All right. This is but, all. Uh, right. Yeah. So, Chad, we always ask all of our guests, um, you know, one last question. Uh, but before we do, anything else that that you want to touch on? We haven't talked about anything you want to give give the audience last thoughts. Anything? Mm, no, I think you guys touched on everything pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, we covered a lot, yeah. um, but yeah. we we like to ask people. So, Chad, when it's when it's all said and done, uh, how do you want people to remember you? That's a good question, you know. And I, I'd say I don't have I don't have a lot of thought in that. You, okay, so let me explain how that is. So I don't really um, I'm not concerned about. I'm remembered. I just want to make sure that I'm the best human being I can be. 
Mm. I try to do, I try to keep my thoughts clear, uh, clean. I try to just do whatever I can, respect everyone as much as I can. And, and, and that's what I do. So if, if, if that's a legacy or if that's good, if that's bad, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm not really concerned about what happens at mm-hmm. the end. You know, gotcha. Fair it's enough. the same thing, same thing how I feel about my life as it is now. I'm doing what I can. So, you know, as a musician, you can't, I tell, you can't please everybody. If somebody's going to come up, you have 50 people to say, oh, you sound good. That one person's going to say, you didn't play my song. <laughs> yeah. So if you, if, if I'm, if I'm hurt by that, you know, that means I'm, I'm so in, engulfed in being uh, accepted. So I don't, great I don't point. really, yeah, I don't worry. I don't really worry about that part. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I'm sure though, but but because you were a good human being, like you said, people will remember you for being a good human being for that. Mm-hmm. But I also like what you said too about like not being concerned too concerned about that as well. Cause like obviously like people are gonna say bad things, but like why didn't you play my song? But people are also gonna say good good things. And I was reading some the other day. You don't want to get high off your own supply of all the good things that are coming in. Cause like if you pay too close attention to what people say all the good things they say may go to your head as well, as right. well from that end. So right. I get that. Right. Sure. Yeah. 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 You want to be careful of that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So good. you don't want to okay. be that. You don't want me that one says, uh, how did that sound? Did they like me? You know what? Yeah. 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 You know, good point. Yeah. All right, Chad. Thanks again, man. It was, it was awesome hanging with you today, dude. All right. I had a good time, man. Yeah. yeah take likewise. Care.